one of the most remarkable challenges for the church today is is the growing departure of, of young people the rea reality is is that people are not more hedonistic and sinful today than they were a hundred years ago or in, recent studies have found that people are actually more spiritual today than ever before what people are rejecting is the human construct of the religious institution and even barna uh, recognized that um, the issues revolving around church's response to uh, its exclusionary nature uh, repression of sexuality, scientific development, rejection of people's wrestling and doubts and lack of authenticity. At, at the end of the day, what, what it seems young people are rejecting is the Western construct of the institutional church, not Jesus. As we look at your book, these three questions are posed, really are at the center of some of the issues that youth and young adults are taking up with the church today. How can the Western church um, ask more broadly and inclusively where young people are. Questions like, uh, what is a more inclusive definition of an identity? Who, who are we excluding? Why are we not making a difference in our, our community and our world? Welcome to the CBF Podcast Conversation. We know that conversations matter. So each week we are grinding through the critical research to bring you the best stories and resources of people doing groundbreaking and innovative work and renewing God's world. I'm Andy Hale, your CBF Podcast host. And this year we're celebrating our seventh year of the podcast, bringing you even better interviews worth your time, attention, and collaboration. These episodes are not intended for you to listen to an island unto yourself. Get online, share your insights, thoughts, and feedback from the podcast with us on CBF's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram pages. We also want you to join the CBF podcast community through our CBF podcast listener support page at cbf.net backslash podcast support. We see you, Pasadena, California, Louisville, Kentucky, Beaverton, Oregon, and Frankfurt, Germany. First-time listeners and long-time listeners, we are grateful you are here for the conversation. We want to give a special shout out to some of our listener supporters, including Carson Fushi, Caroline Bell, Cindy Foldenlore, Trip Hawthorne, Carla Mike Wick, and that generous anonymous donor that keeps giving in honor of CBF Grump. And before we move on, we want to give a special shout out to our annual sponsors, Baptist Seminary of Kentucky and Christian Healthcare Ministries. Our guests for this week's CBF podcast conversation are Christelle Acevedo and Brad Griffin. Brad is the Senior Director of Content for the Fuller Youth Institute. He's written many books, including Growing Young, Faith in an Anxious World, and Three Big Questions that Change Every Teenager. Christelle is the Spiritual Formation Director at Transformation Church in South Carolina. Together, they are two legs of a tripod for a new book, Three Big Questions that Shape Your Future. Christelle, welcome to the conversation. And Brad, welcome back to the conversation. Thanks for Thank having you us. so much. Well, uh, you know, Brad, we've had you on before and our audience knows you. So we're going to actually take any time that we would, uh, you know, in getting to know you. We're going to we're going to punt that over to Christelle. Tell us a little <laughs> bit more about you and uh, what, what brought you to um, to Fuller. Sure. So, well, my name is Christelle. Like you said, I'm originally from Miami. Um, my parents are from Nicaragua, so I am a child of immigrants. And my husband and I have two amazing kids. And we live, we've actually, my husband and I both work at Transformation Church. So it's a lot of fun to be able to work and serve together. 
And I have been a writer always. I love writing. Actually, my dad is also a writer. He's a poet, which is incredible. He's way more talented than I could ever be. Um, but I became acquainted with Brad and Kara through their literary agent, and they invited me into this project. And it has been so much fun to be able to do that because I have been actually serving with our teens ministry at our church for the past four or five years. And I have loved getting to know teens and being in relationship with them. And this just felt like the perfect project for me to, to join along with. Well, Brad, we uh, had you on the podcast back in 2020. Uh, so not much has changed in our world since that time. Anything you want to update us on? <laughs> yep. It's all pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's been easy. Good. Moving on. <laughs> no, I, I guess so wonder for you, you know, uh, when we last talked with you, obviously y'all were, um, you know, producing a good bit of work. Uh, I know you, you work in the church directly, but also with Fuller. So I wonder you know, just for you, uh, what, how are you starting to measure how you approach your work uh, differently as a result of the pandemic? Well, how much time do you have, Andy? Um, <laughs> as much as you want to give us. <laughs> that, I think it's a question we're all wrestling with, isn't it? You know, like what, what changed? What happened? What still needs to change, but maybe hasn't, you know, what do we do now? How do we think about ministry now? Um, I wrote a, a piece for the, the FYI blog a couple of months ago titled post pandemic youth ministry. And in it, I'd said, you know, I don't even know if this is the right name for where we are now or what we're doing, but we all feel like we're still getting our bearings in a sense. And you know, one of the things that that I've said that that I don't know might sound a little controversial, but I think for the next decade, every kid who walks through the door of our youth ministry is a pandemic impacted kid. And you know, in other words, it's not just what we're seeing right now, which includes freshmen are kind of have some of the characteristics of seventh graders. Um, you know, there there have been some social developmental delays. There have been some impacts like that. Um, but I think, you know, kids who skipped kindergarten, maybe in 2020 or 2021, they, you know, 10 years from now, they're gonna they're gonna come into our youth ministry and and they're gonna carry some of the impact of that. Now, I believe young people are resilient. I really believe in um in post-traumatic growth and resilience and thriving and and all of those you know kind of um uh, there's a lot of research to support that at the same time this the last you know couple of years we've gone through with pandemic and racial reckoning and political strife that that will leave a lasting mark on young people it certainly is leaving a mark on our churches um, you know, churches are are absolutely grappling with all of this. Um, and I I think we're still trying to figure it out in real time, you know, is maybe my my quick answer. <laughs> well, of course, we could actually probably do a whole podcast series around that. Um, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, 
so let's let's jump to the new book. Uh, three big questions that shape your future. This book invites students to wrestle with uh, the questions: Who am I? Where do I fit? What difference can I make? You wrote, "Life is all about questions," and wow, there are so many questions. Um, we're going to get into each of these questions um, in detail shortly, but I wonder um, if you might share what your research and work, you know, what aspects of it drew you to write this resource for students now. Um, Christelle, we'll start with you. Well, it's funny because I came into this after Kara and Brad had already written the the first book for for parents and which kind of helped parents understand these three questions. And so when I looked at the the book, they they were kind enough to send me the book and I and I read through it. It reminded it it I had a lot of real life experience with the research that they presented. So they interviewed hundreds of teenagers. They spent hundreds of hours with with these teenagers and they all boiled down to these three questions of who am I, where do I fit, what difference can I make? And in the time that I have spent with teenagers, it's it matches up. And so I love that my real life experience is matching up with the research that it's not just my area, my teens in, in my city, in my church, but it's actually teens across the country who are grappling with these questions. Brad, what about you? Yeah, I, I love that. You know, I think that to pick up on what Christelle is saying, young people are really wrestling with these questions, but we as the adults in their life, their parents, their leaders, we're just not always hitting on the same, you know, questions that they really care about. And what one 15 year old said, I wish adults would stop giving me answers to questions I'm not asking. <laughs> and a lot of us feel that, you know, we feel that as, um, leaders, we feel that as people who pay attention to and care about young people. And I guess to connect the dots a little bit, you know, folks like Christelle, who serve with a small group in her church, or, you know, I work as a volunteer in youth ministry in my church as well. And we often, you know, we're, we're struggling to find good content and not, not always, I mean, there's lots of curriculum out there, but we get asked about devotionals or, you know, content that students could really take and, and wrestle with and digest themselves and, um, and, and process on their own. And, you know, to be honest, I always, I often struggle to recommend that kind of content. And we, we had a number of folks say to us, you know, this work, this research through three big questions, it just, it, it, people are going to, are going to want a version for students, you know, that right. people are, are going to want to put this and, and because it comes straight out of students own mouths, you know, in so many ways, um, what if we gave them a way to wrestle with it th this themselves and not just, um, you know, something for the adults in their lives. And so that sent us on this journey and, and we were really grateful to, to find and, and partner up with Christelle because of her um, giftedness in writing and also her just her own proximity to young people. So it was really fun to work on this together and and just go through the lens of, gosh, what what would a teenager need to hear and to wrestle with? And you know, what could they do with these questions on their own? Yeah, I think that's that's what I appreciate about the research is that it helped 
because there are so many questions that teenagers ask, but it really does boil down to these three, these three questions about identity, about belonging, and about purpose when it all boils down. So it helped me to categorize it in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what makes thinking through this resource so unique from y'all's angle is obviously there's a certain way to address these questions with parents of teenagers, right? And then there's another way to address this with teenagers themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, so I guess, um, you know, Brad, from working on the first project to this project, you know, how did y'all have to approach this differently? Yeah, well, in some ways, you know, these are important questions because they're human questions. So we all ask these questions, we all wrestle with them. But they're so important in adolescence. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, one way we describe it sometimes is that for adults, these questions are often sort of on the back burner. And every now and then something happens that raises the heat a little bit on, on one or more of them. But for young people, it's like front burner, rolling boil, <laughs> you know, every day sometimes is a day to grapple with identity, belonging, and purpose. And so when we thought about this content, we really thought about that image of just, you know, this rolling boil and, and this sense too that teenagers can't always separate what's about identity, belonging, and purpose. Mm -hmm. um, so we did really try to organize content around some questions and topics that would help them um, sort of think about each question on its own a little bit. And, you know, sometimes it can help us to, um, to simplify or to maybe sort of separate out, especially as a teenager, all, everything just gets jumbled up in their heads. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the way we, we wanted to help them do that. And, and in a lot of ways too, we really went back to their words. So, mm -hmm we looked back at the interviews, we looked back at quotes from students and sometimes we built out, you know, topics for the, for this, you know, student book really off of, of input quotes, stories from students so that they could hear, you know, from young people in their own words. Christelle, what's at the heart of the question, who am I? Oof. Well, it's really about identity, right? And this is, a, like, like Brad said, this is not just a teen question. This is a human question. I think we are all walking around wondering who we are and what our identity is. And we get our identity from so many different places. Sometimes people try to give us an identity. They try to say, well, you're uh, you're a, you're a smart kid or you are, you know, you're the athletic one or you are this or that. There's so many people who try to tell us who we are. And then we're at the same time, we're trying to figure out who we are. And, and I think it, there's a sense of like, what value do I have? What value do I bring to this world? And so for us, we want to point teens back to God and back to who God made them to be. I think a lot of times teens feel like they're not enough. I know that I have felt that in my life from, from when I was a kid or a teen, and even as an adult, I have felt not enough. And so it's back, to, again, pointing them back to, well, who does God say that you are? And what does God expect of you? And when we, when we take them back to the core of that, we can give them or give them some of the answers that they're looking for when it comes to identity that 
that we are made in God's image, that that God loves us, that God approves of us, that God sees us and loves us just as we are, and that he doesn't expect us to be perfect or to live up to what other people expect us to be or to to live up to people's demands, but that we are loved, we are enough. And um, and the more that we can point people back to God and the love that he has, then that's where that's where our identity is ultimately going to be found. I think, you know, what's fascinating is that each generation has to deal with the complexity of not are the changing of identity, but the layer complexity of our identity, right? You know, mm-hmm. I think back of uh, my parents' generation who started to fully see uh, some changes between um, how we understood the identity of male and female, right? And mm-hmm. and place within society and openness and inclusion to those things. It's equally complex for the church today because our understanding of identity is expanding so much, right? And mm-hmm. yes, we have this theological, you know, foundation of we are all made in the image of God, but that also means that we see how we are made into the image of God through our own particular lens of context and experience and belief system. So, Brad, how do the, how does the church, you know, in working with teenagers, help them? both expand their understanding of identity, um, wrestle with that, but also um, deal with all of um, the challenges that come with that question today. Yeah, I would pick up really where Christelle landed that for us to keep the, to keep the main thing, the main thing that at, at the core all young people are made in the image of God and that they are a child of God. You know, they are worthy of love. Um, And I think if we can keep focused on that, we can lower the pressure around some of these other um, conversations. So I, I think our society puts a lot of pressure on young people around identity on all fronts, you know, so this happens on social media that young, you know, teenagers feel like they need to work on their personal brand, um, that every moment is a broadcast opportunity. This gets into, you know, comparison. It gets into all kinds of questions about their identity. And then there's these layers, like you said, you know, this questions around, gender identity, gender roles, this, these questions make a lot of adults anxious, uh, that can make kids anxious too. And I think we can kind of diffuse that on some level by reminding people, well, first off, by reminding young people that they are made in the image of God and that they matter to God. And then also that, that they are more than just one aspect of their identity. So they're more than just their gender or sexuality. There are so many parts of their identity that matter. Their, you know, ethnic identity matters, their cultural identity. Um, We we can affirm a lot about them, their personality, their gifts, their uniqueness, and help them explore those parts of their identity. Uh, And just to reinforce that they matter to God, period. And I think that can lower the heat some and lower the pressure some that, 
you know, this is in some ways related to purpose too, uh, just to kind of connect the dots that I think we put so much pressure on young people to figure things out. And one of the ways that society does this right now is I think pressing, you know, this pressure around, um, around figuring out everything about yourself, you know, by the time you're 16 or 18. And, mm -hmm. and I think we can help uh, just turn down the heat a little bit on that while also creating space for young people to to talk honestly and you know to walk with them sensitively through these kinds of conversations we need to pause to tell you about one of our annual sponsors christian healthcare ministries you want to create a strong christian family that will uphold one another through thick and thin what if healthcare worked the same way with Christian Healthcare Ministries, budget-friendly, compassionate care is within your reach. CHM empowers you to pursue excellence in healthcare without added stress or the need to cut corners. Whether you're looking for a comprehensive maternity program or the flexibility to choose your own providers, CHM has options to fit your family's specific needs. As the nation's first and longest-serving health cost-sharing ministry, you can rest assured knowing that you are making a difference in the lives of fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Plus, you'll receive all the faith-based support of joining the larger CHM family. Encouragement and spiritual resources created for you and your little ones is just the beginning. Sounds different? It's by design. Join hundreds of thousands of members and discover the biblical solutions to your health care costs. To learn more, visit chministries.org. Since 2016, CBF has brought you over 100 episodes of interviews with authors and practitioners for Conversations That Matter. These stories of creativity and innovation have garnered weekly support from around the United States and the world. We are inviting you, the listeners, to join us in connecting with the podcast. Become a monthly listener supporter and receive some perks, including name recognition on the podcast, questions for upcoming guests, free books from the podcast, joining the podcast for an interview, and a VIP experience with the General Assembly podcast guest. There are five levels of listener support, starting at $5 per month. For less than the cost of a pumpkin spice latte, you will be featured by name on the weekly podcast episode. For more information and to join the community of listener supporters, visit cbf.net slash podcast support. The question um, you know, that you also have in here is, um, really it's a fundamental question for all people, which is, you know, where do I belong or do I belong? Um, you know, Krista, what, what makes that question uniquely challenging for teenagers today? Ooh, it makes it challenging, I think, because we don't feel like we belong anywhere, <laughs> I think. Um, there's there's a lot. It's a very loaded thing because we firmly believe, right, and we talk about this in the book, that God created us for community, that we he created us for community with God and with others. And so when we when teenagers, especially because of, of the unique circumstance with COVID and the pandemic and being isolated in our homes and all of that, you know, a lot of teenagers experienced isolation and they retreated from relationships and they were disconnected from others. And so they no longer had a place to belong. And so we want to point them back to the reality that they actually do belong with God and they do belong with God's community, with God's people. 
And so the, the thing with that is that a lot of times safety is a big issue, right? Like, do I feel safe? Like if you want to belong somewhere, you want to feel safe there. And teenagers, unfortunately, have not felt safe in some of these spaces. And so how can we create spaces that are safe where they do feel um, the freedom to be their authentic selves, to express themselves, to be honest and vulnerable? Because as, as Brad said earlier, there's this pressure about like a personal brand even, right? Like on social media, there's filters and there's, there's all these, you know, you only post your highlight reel. You don't post all the things that are making you sad and all the negative things. And so your life looks great. Everyone's life looks great on social media. But the reality is that we all struggle, right? And we all need a space where we can be authentic, where we can share our struggles, where we can share um, who we are, what we feel, what we're going through. And the society that we live in today has not been a safe place to be authentic and to, to belong, right? And so again, pointing people back to God, that God is always safe, that God is always a safe place for us to be our full authentic selves, to share everything. You see that in the Psalms. The Psalms are full of, of people crying out to God and being very honest about their despair, or being honest about their anger, or being honest about what they're feeling. And so helping teenagers to realize that, first of all, God is a safe place where you can belong, where you can be authentic, where you can be vulnerable, and then make and then helping our, our churches and our youth groups and all of that be safe places where, where teens can come together and belong as well, where they can be authentic, where they can be vulnerable, where they can be their full selves. Hmm. Um, that's really, I think, the key aspect of belonging is like, how can we help our teenagers be their authentic selves? And um, because there's not a lot of spaces in this world where you can be. Oh, oh, I was just going to say, I, I'm like nodding along vigorously um, <laughs> with Christelle. I, I think that we have such a great opportunity in youth ministry to create those safe spaces. And I think I think most of us in youth ministry do have, um, you know, we have a good like sensibility for that. I, I think we we tend to be empathetic and, you know, we think about belonging and we look for the kid that maybe is, is a little bit on the margin. And I think, I think most of us really are probably, um, we're, we're keyed into that. One thing I would just highlight from the research that came to mind while Christelle was talking is how much identity and belonging are linked. So, um, it, you know, when I, for young people, when they feel like they can really be themselves, they feel like they belong. Mm -hmm. And like that is so, you know, Christelle was talking about being my authentic self. And I think just to hammer that point home, you know, God is our safest space because we can be and when we can be our authentic self before God. And that our ministries can be a, a true safe space, where if if a young if if a young person feels like they can be themselves, they feel like they belong, and that's so tied together. Mm -hmm. Every generation uh, wants to make their mark, to have an impact. Um, Brad, what is your research around Gen Z telling you about their desire to find purpose and to make an impact? It's huge. And 
I'm so optimistic about Gen Z. I'm, um, you know, we know that this generation is the most diverse generation in U.S. history. Um, we also know that they are the most adaptive generation. They've grown up in the age of the smartphone. You know, my um, I have three kids. My youngest is 14, and he was born the year after the first smartphone uh, came, released. And so for his generation, you know, by the time he became a teenager, um, the digitally connected world was just a given. And the the mobile digital connected world is just a given. And so this is like the context in which young people are coming into their own and figuring out their purpose. I think the the trick for us as adults is to be honest with them that it can take a while to discover our purpose, that for most of us that evolves over a lifetime, you know, and that we don't just pressure them to figure it all out by the time they're 18. Um, because while I'm also optimistic about young people, I, I think a lot of young people are looking at our world and they're they're not sure whether to be optimistic or pessimistic. You know, they they see problems. They see adults who are struggling because we can't get along. We can't, we can't agree about politics and social issues. Um, you know, they see that we've really damaged the environment um, and they see these things and they've got ideas, you know? And so I think the question a lot of them are asking as they look at at the world and consider being part of the adult world is, you know, is there is there room for my ideas? Is there room for the the innovation that I and my generation might bring to some of these problems? And I think they're asking that same question about the church. You know, is there room in the church for our ideas, for our perspective, for our way of seeing things as young people? And, and I think. I think we need to grapple with that question, honestly, as as adults in leadership. One of the most remarkable challenges for the church today is is the growing departure of of young people. Um, the rea reality is is that people are not more hedonistic and sinful today than they were, you know, a hundred years ago. Or, uh, you know, in, recent studies have found that people are actually more spiritual today than ever before. What people are rejecting is the human construct of the religious institution. And even Barna uh, recognized that um, the issues revolving around church's response to um, its exclusionary nature, uh, repression of sexuality, scientific development, rejection of people's wrestling and doubts and lack of authenticity. A at the end of the day, what, what it seems young people are rejecting is the Western construct of the institutional church, not Jesus. And as, as we look at your book, these three questions are posed uh, really are at the center of some of the issues that youth and young adults are taking up with the church today. Um, so, Christelle, how can the Western church um, ask more broadly and inclusively where young people are questions like, uh, what is a more inclusive definition of an identity? Who, who are we excluding? Why are we not making a difference in our, our community, in our world? 
I mean, it's, I think sometimes with Gen Z, it's less about talk and more about action. Um, <laughs> it's like, there's so many churches. I think we've grown up in an, in an era, at least I have grown up in this era where churches were, are, were supposed to be cooler and have like better music and dynamic preaching and all of that. And, and they thought like, oh, surely Gen Z will stick around for this. But as I said earlier, authenticity is, is, is so important. And Gen Z can sniff out when someone is not being real. They can sniff out, you know, fakeness and when people are not being genuine and they don't like it, you know, and I don't blame them. Um, <laughs> it's like, like, they don't care about a cool, like they can go to a concert anywhere. You know, they can, they can go on TikTok and hear like a, a cool message, you know, from, from some cool looking preacher. Like what they want is, is authenticity. What they want is action that backs up the words. And so, yeah, they want you to like be open and, and ask these questions and have the conversations, but then they also want to see the action of like, okay, how are we going to actually include people? How are we actually going to make people feel safe and like they belong? How are we actually going to make an impact on this world that matters? Um, they're not here to just sit around and, and, and talk about things. They're here to actually do things and make things happen. And so I think we need to stop trying to be cool because they don't care about that ultimately and just and 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 relate to them and we need to just get things like actually make things happen i think that's what it is i think action to back up the words yeah yeah i, I think so much that you know this stretches to the growing young initiative that you all have developed and cultivated is that to a certain degree young adults are asking questions not only about themselves and for themselves but they're asking questions about their world and the church and yet we run into that tension that exists between the questions and answers that young people are coming to both well-intended and biblically based and theologically minded are different than where their churches are um and so how how do we create spaces within our church um where they can honestly ask uh, you know, wrestle with those difficult questions together, maybe intergenerationally, and listen mm -hmm. without judgment um, in, in a unique way. What, what, Brad, what does that look like? How have y'all seen success stories in that? Where we've seen success stories, it really starts with listening. And you know, so the two words that come to mind, Andy, are listening and humility. So I think it's, um, and I chuckle because I think we struggle as a, as adults in charge with both listening and humility. I think we've seen that to create space to listen and and help affirm for young people that we really are listening. We're listening for their questions. We're listening for their ideas. We're listening for where things don't connect for them. Um, that makes a huge, huge difference. So I remember from growing young research, even talking with, um, I, I remember specifically talking with some young people at a church who said, you know, our church's position on you know, X, Y, Z, social issues. It's more conservative than where we are as teenagers. Um, like we have a more progressive perspective on that, but we, our church has made space to talk about it. 
and has made space for us to share our perspectives from our you know generation and to share our own questions and that like that's why we hang on here you know basically they were saying we we are still connected because our church is making space to listen to us and that for them was just such a huge value statement now i would say to follow up on on what christelle shared earlier about you know, we do have to put feet to that. So I do think for a lot of Gen Z, it's not enough to listen that we do really need to put feet to um, to what we say our values are. And, and they can get impatient with our slowness, for sure, uh, as a church. And so this is where I also want to bring in the humility part. You know, I think humility to say we have seen things a certain way and we're willing to like learn and grow and acknowledge that the way we've understood theology, uh, for example, the way we've understood, like it, it is shaped by our context and it's shaped by social forces. And, um, you know, to acknowledge like, hey, all faith, all church, all, all theology is contextual. It's worked out where we really are and live and, and move and have our being and, and where God's spirit is at work. And so I think that takes some humility to say, you know, we're, we're really, we're willing to rethink some things. We're willing to like really look at the scriptures together with you and, and to dialogue about it and to say, what might God be calling us to today in our world, in our actual neighborhood, um, and and how might God be calling us forward? I, I got to say, I think teenagers can get excited about that kind of conversation, where adults don't seem to have all the answers about everything and just be, you know, passing down knowledge, but where mm-hmm. adults are are inviting young people into an active dialogue and an active discernment where we say, what does it look like to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves right now where we live? And and I think that can light young people, you know, I think that can light up their faith. Yeah. And I, I mean, I will say also at our church, we um one of we say that we're multi-ethnic multi-generational mission shaped right and so the multi-generational piece of it when it comes to teens is that they're invited into the active church life they're not Mm -hmm. relegated to a separate teens ministry right where they are just always over there and we're over here doing real church um teens they come to the sunday service with with the adults and they and our pastor frequently will mention hey teens listen to this or like we'll Mm -hmm. mention them in his sermon and then when we do have our 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 teens um nights we it's like a small group model and so what i love about that is that while we have like a large group time together when we get into our small groups we are these these are groups where we are um, investing time into a specific group of teenagers and it's all they're all led by adults right there's two or three adults per group and 
we get to share life with them. We get to listen to them. We ask them questions. They ask us questions. And then they're also invited to, to serve like on ministry teams. They're invited to serve on the production team or the parking team or whatever it is. And um, the outreach team and all of that, because we want them to know that they're not just the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. They're not, they don't have to wait until they're 18 or they graduate high school to, to participate in the life of the church, but they can participate right now. And, and when we create space for that, then I think that speaks volumes. Yeah. I wonder, um, how do you imagine this book being used um, by individuals? Um, Brad, we'll start with you. I hope that a teenager, well, first off, uh, I hope a teenager would want to pick it up off the floor of their bedroom um, where it lands when somebody gives it to them, <laughs> and dig it out from under their dirty clothes. And I hope that they would pick it up when they're curious. I hope it would help them stay curious about the questions. And one of the things we really try to frame up front and say throughout, you know, this is not about shaming you into believing certain things about your identity, belonging, and purpose, but this is to open up a conversation. And if questions lead you to more questions, that's a sign of growth. And so I hope they'll, I hope it will help them stay curious about themselves, about God. I, there's, there's scripture in every one of these 60 posts in the book. And I, I hope it will help them stay curious about scripture and about what God yeah. says to their questions. Christelle, how do you imagine groups using this book? Yeah, I would love to see groups of teenagers or maybe, you know, um, student ministries getting these books for, for their teens and encouraging them to go through it together. Maybe even, um, creating like a series out of it and you know each you know week exploring a different question of or each week or every each month I don't know exploring a different question of, of identity belonging and purpose and going through it together and asking each other the questions that are in each part of the book and um, there's even like action steps with each post and so hey committing to doing the action steps together and and growing together. I really, I, like I said, I think community, we were created for community. And I think it's so important. And I hope that this encourages teenagers to not only connect with God and connect with themselves, but then connect with others as well so that they can go on this exploration together and not on their own. Our guests are Christelle Acevedo and Brad Griffin. The book is Three Big Questions That Shape Your Future. You can stay connected with them at Fuller Youth Institute org. Christelle, uh, Brad, uh, it's been a joy talking with you. Uh, thank you for continuing to cultivate uh, some fascinating resources for students as they wrestle with these questions of identity, belonging, and purpose. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks, Andy. 
Before we wrap up, we need to tell you about one more of our annual sponsors, Baptist Seminary of Kentucky. Are you looking for a Bible study resource for your church? Responding to an invitation from the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship of Virginia, Baptist Seminary of Kentucky has produced Bible study resources that is available for free of charge. The study title, Faithful Curiosity, Five-Week Study of Luke and Acts, deals with three passages from Luke and two passages from Acts. It offers Bible study methods and provides two interpretive essays for each passage. The writers are BSK faculty, staff, students, and alumni. Download this resource for free today at bsk.edu backslash faithful. Okay, that's it. That's our conversation. If you want more, be sure to subscribe to CBF Podcast on all major platforms, including iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcast. Don't forget to like and share this episode on your favorite social media platform. Check out cbf.net for more information about church starters, field personnel, advocacy work, and much more. And, uh, oh yeah, I think we mentioned that you should uh, join the listener support community at cbf.net backslash podcast support.